Hey weirdo, what's your superpower, and how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to Season 1, Issue 13 of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your power might be. I'm the author of this series, Charlie White, and I'm so glad you're joining me here for the story today. Previously on Just Us Weirdos, the superhero Beninja convinced IT Girl and Graphene to plant bugs in the house of Mrs. Work to gain proof that she was a supervillain. Now don't forget that, in real life, IT Girl is Dagny, the daughter of Mrs. Work, and she lived in that house. As she was planting cameras and microphones in her own house, the cheap hardware interfered with her technopathic power and gave her a splitting headache. While she was trying to find a rogue microphone, fish out of water jumped from his hiding spot in a fishbowl and attacked the team. After the kitchen of Mrs. Work's mansion was thoroughly trashed, IT Girl trapped fish out of water in a pot. The team celebrated their first victory, but then they realized they still had a few problems to solve. Now we can't start this podcast without our content warning. This show is not designed for adults. Today's episode contains scenes of superheroes losing brain cells, liberal accusations of supervillainry, and gratuitous use of the word darn. So if any of these things offend you, it's official. You've totally forgotten how to have fun. But don't worry, tax season is coming up. There will be plenty to do to keep you busy. For the rest of you, get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue number 13 of Just Us Weirdos. Family Like Business So how do we get him out of the pot? Graphene asks. Her friend, IT Girl, is sitting on the lid of a soup pot, where she recently trapped fellow middle schooler and alleged supervillain Fish out of water. IT Girl shrugs, unconcerned. I know he's some kind of water snake or something, but I think he probably still needs to breathe, the ninja says. I'm more concerned about stopping the water, IT Girl says. Graphene looks at the broken sink, spraying water everywhere for a moment. Then she finger sketches a cup with a clamper on the mouth, pops it off the wall, and puts it onto the sink. There. Graphene says. It's stopped. Now can you let that poor kid out before he starts losing brain cells? IT girl sighs. <sighs> Alright, but I don't want him to escape again. Let's take him to the mudroom. The floor is vinyl, so we can easily clean the water and we can lock the doors on both sides. Beninja, IT girl, Graphene, and the pot containing the hot dog-sized fish out of water all crowd into the mudroom. IT Girl locks the doors on both sides. Graphene opens the pot. Inside, the snake folds itself in half. Watch out for his jump, Beninja says. And the snake launches out of the pot, turning into middle schooler Jules Jones as he does so. Graphene is ready with her solid graphite net, and she traps Jules even as IT Girl slams the lid back onto the pot to block his access to water. Beninja leans in close and says, You cannot escape justice, villain. We know you're working with Binary Consolidated. 
What are their villainous plans? Jules twists in the net and says, Look who's holding the net and trapping people in pots. And you're calling me a villain? The heroes don't have a good response for that. They look at one another, trying to figure out who should talk next. IT Girl breaks the silence. We know you're working with my... with Binary Consolidated. You tried to stop our mission to shut down the EcoDirect ship. And you stole my camera. Jewel shakes his head. But you weren't there. But Ninja says, He was brainwashed too. He thinks Wondar was there. Jules gets that distant look in his eyes that Graphene and IT Girl have come to know all too well. His memories are returning. To tell the truth, I don't remember that night too well. But I promise you, Binary is the hero here. I mean, how could a company of their size exist if they were actually supervillains? The whole world is watching them. These same thoughts have been bouncing through IT Girl's brain since Beninja told her about her mother's involvement with the villainous activity. So if you're not a villain for hire, explain why you were at the EcoDirect ship and why you went straight to Binary Towers after that. I was on the ship to stop villains like you, Jewel says. Or at least like I thought you were. Why did you think we were villains? IT Girl asks. Look, everyone at Binary thought the EcoDirect was just an environmentally friendly shipping company. They knew there was a chance villains might try to interfere with the maiden voyage. So, Binary has been getting into a new line of business to stop villains. They're using their tech and research to build their own team of superheroes. Graphene and Beninja give each other a wide-eyed look. But IT Girl is not the least bit surprised. She's heard many of her mother's rants about creating superheroes to secure her business interests. This doesn't mean that her mom is definitely a supervillain, but it also doesn't mean she's not. Look, Jewel says, I have no reason to lie. I was just here tonight to make sure things were safe at Mrs. Work's house since she's out of town. And you people obviously have superpowers, and it sounds like you want to be heroes. I can set up a meeting with Mrs. Work, and you can hear this all straight from her. I think you would be great additions to the team. IT Girl opens her mouth to push for more information, but she's interrupted by a cell phone ringing. It's Amina's parents. They're calling on Dagny's phone because, unlike Mrs. Work, they don't own a mega corporation and or don't think that a 12-year-old needs her own cell phone. They never seem to mind being able to reach her on Dagny's phone, though. IT Girl and Graphene awkwardly exchange the net in the phone, and Graphene steps out of the mudroom to talk to her parents. After she steps out, IT Girl says, I don't know how long Graphene's cap is going to hold on that sink. We need to get a plumber here. Can Butlerbot do that for us? Butlerbot isn't a plumber, but he can get one here for us, Beninja says. Beninja steps out of the mudroom to make a call of his own, and Graphene steps back in. My parents are M.A.D. furious, Graphene says. They thought I was coming home right away when they called them about the sleepover. 
I gotta get home right now. Uh, can I just say, this is why it helps to work with adults when you're superheroing? Jewel says. Be quiet, Graphene says to him. Then she says to IT Girl, let's go and let Beninja finish up here. IT Girl doesn't want to leave her own house before things are fixed up. But she also knows it's not safe to admit, while she's in costume, that this is her house. That would give up her secret identity to Jules. I can't go right now. I have work here. What? Graphene says. We have to go. My parents will kill me if we don't go to my house together. IT Girl points to the hoodie, obscuring her face. I can't talk about it anymore. You will have to figure out your parent problems by yourself. Graphene storms out of the room and tries to slam the door, but Beninja grabs it and steps back in, pushing the angry Graphene back into the room. Bad news, team, Beninja says. Butlerbot put in the request to get my family's plumber out here, but my grandfather intercepted the request and demanded to know why I was spending my family's resources at the household of a binary consolidated executive. He's really mad. And he's on his way here. How soon? Five minutes, Beninja says. We've got to get out of costume. IT girl shakes her head. We can't get out of costume in front of him, she says, pointing at Jules. And I've got to get home, Graphene says. Beninja's eyes dart to different spots throughout the room, as if he's putting together a puzzle in his mind. Graphene, you need to leave, now. And take jewels. IT girl, you stay with me, and we'll get out of costume and talk to my grandfather. Graphene nods. She doesn't love the plan. And she doesn't know what she's going to do with jewels after she leaves the house. But she doesn't really see another option. Graphene grabs Jules' arm and yanks him to the front door. You're coming with me. Stop! The ninja yells. Butlerbot just texted me. My grandfather is on the street right now. Plan B, run out the back door. No, IT girl says. The pool's back there. Jules will just try to jump in and turn into a fish and escape. I'll figure something out myself, Graphene says, and runs for the upstairs. Graphene, the ninja yells. Two blocks from here, next to the old green house with the rusty iron fence, there's an old Kuramoto storm drain. You can get into my family's secret tunnels from that. Graphene nods. She runs upstairs with Jules to Mrs. Work's bedroom, which has a giant picture window that looks out over the street in front. Sure enough, a black Kuramoto family town car is rolling up her driveway. She can't leave out the front right now. Why don't we just hide? Jules says. I hate being stuck, Graphene says. I've got a better idea. Graphene and Jules run to Dagny's bedroom, which faces the old greenhouse Beninja told her about. Open the window and pull out the screen, she barks at Jules. She quickly sketches a short and wide pyramid on the wall. Just as Jules finishes popping out the screen from the window, Graphene pops the drawing off the wall and sketches two lines on the center of it, pulling them to make backpack-like scraps. 
is... Is that a hang glider? Jewel says. Darn right it is, Graphene says. She positions herself in the window and grabs Jewel's. Hold on tight. You've done this before, right? Jules asks. Graphene lunges from the third story window, yelling, No! as they fall. But she arches her back and her makeshift hand glider catches the wind. The two supers soar through the early evening, landing a half a block short of the greenhouse. Graphene ditches the hang glider, and the two run towards the storm sewer grate, pry it up, and drop down into the old Kuramoto tunnels below Quadropolis. We've got to move fast, Graphene says. I wish we had wheels. Can't you just draw some? Jewel says. Graphene suspects she's low on homework. But she doesn't want to admit that to this new superhero, who she recently thought was a villain. Instead, she shows off. Running to a narrow part of the tunnel, she sketches two circles on each tunnel wall. Connecting the circles with lines on the ceiling and floor, she pops this structure that's as tall as the tunnel and rolls it forward slightly, drawing a few more connecting lines as she does. What is that? Jules asks, as she continues to draw lines. It's a hamster wheel. Hop in. Jules does, and the heroes start running, arm in arm. The giant graphite wheel starts turning, slowly at first, but soon they're rolling down the tunnels with great speed. Once the wheel is rolling on its own momentum, Graphene and Jules sit on a center bar she's drawn so they can stop the difficult work of running. I'm sorry I snatched your camera. Jewel says. I'm sorry I stole your super suit, Graphene says. I'm remembering more and more of that night, Jewel says. You know, you did really good work. I wish I would have known you were on our side. It would have made both of our nights a lot easier. Graphene nods. Yeah, I think what you said before is right. We're too young to be making decisions like this on our own. I mean... The threats are real. I just learned there's a mind controller in town. That's actually why you don't remember anything about that night. He's a good guy and all, but I would feel so much better doing this work as part of a team. Especially a team with binaries money. So you're saying, Jewel says. I'm saying I'll meet with Mrs. Work, Graphene says. But I get to keep my identity a secret. I'll help set it up, Jules says. Meanwhile, back at Gwenifer Works Mansion. Dagny Work and Kirby Kuramoto have taken off their superhero costumes. They're currently being yelled at by Genesis Kuramoto, Kirby's grandfather and the owner of Jodande Enterprises. He also happens to be the 17th wealthiest person in the world. Dagny and Kirby try to explain that they have been working on a school project, but Mr. Kuramoto does not care. You kids need new excuses, he says. It isn't appropriate for you to be in a home together without an adult. It isn't appropriate for a Kuramoto child to be in the household of a binary consolidated executive without her knowledge. You don't even have her permission. And Kirby, you are spending our family's resources like they grow as fast as grass. 
I do not mind when you do it to further your robotics hobby, but this, he says, gesturing to the broken sink, this is just shameful. And you, he says to Dagny, you need to call your mother and explain everything that has happened. Mr. Kuramoto sends Kirby to the car while he arranges for a plumber. Then he gets down on his hands and knees in the wet kitchen, not seeming to care that he's wearing a $4,000 suit, and he begins to clean the water himself. Dagny picks up her phone and does what she's been dreading for several weeks now. She calls her mom. As the phone rings, she thinks about lying, but she knows she's just not very good at that. And also, Dagny is really tired of all the confusion. So when Gwenifer Work picks up the phone, Dagny admits everything. Well, almost everything. Dagny says she's befriended a superhero, and she admits that she helped the hero steal the binary consolidated supersuit. She also admits to helping run a spy mission, and she says her hero friend thought Fish Out of Water was a villain. And oh, by the way, they just ruined the whole kitchen in a fight. She tells her mom everything. Everything except her own identity as a hero. Mrs. Works silently listens to most of this. When Dagny is done explaining, she says, Dagny, you're a child. You are in over your head. I forbid you from further engagement with these superpowered individuals. Dagny draws a breath, hoping this is all. But Mrs. Work continues. And you're grounded for three weeks. Dagny's dark skin reddens. She mumbles a goodbye and hangs up the phone. Then she heads up to her bedroom, while Mr. Kuramoto and a plumber deal with the kitchen. Looking out her bedroom window at the Kuramoto car, she pulls out her phone and sends Kirby a text message on a secure channel he's set up for the two of them. Well, I'm grounded, Dagny writes. Mom doesn't know I'm a super, and I protected the other super identities. Sorry about that. You know, I think I grew up much like you. Does your mom run your family like a business, too? Dagny texts a thumbs up. Kirby keeps writing. I've hidden my secret from my family for years. If they knew, they'd just try to use me for money, not for justice. A double thumbs up from Dagny. But Ninja is no sellout, he writes. Neither is IT Girl, Dagny writes back. So we're agreed? Yes, we're not going to talk to my mom about her so-called super team. But Ninja gives a thumbs up. She's never going to make fair choices. She's only going to make good business choices. Three thumbs up from Kirby. Should we call Bernie? Thumbs down from Dagny. I don't trust my mom at all. I'd hate to think what she would do if she finds out there's a mind controller in our city. Kirby texts back a worried face. And Dagny writes one last message. My mom can't learn about anything without seeing it as a way to gain power or money. Our most important mission is to keep Bernie Connors away from her.
Dear listener, thank you once again for listening to this issue of Just Us Weirdos. This is the author and producer of the show, Charlie White, coming with some sad news today. I'm here to announce that we are retiring the Villainous Letters segment, because there just aren't enough villains. I object. While I was gone, locked away in my room for those long five weeks. I've been wondering where you are, creative director, Gabe. You might now want to call me Superhero Gabe, because I turned my room into a superhero base. Wait, you were locked in your room for five weeks, and instead of cleaning your bedroom, you turned it into a superhero base? That's the coolest thing I've heard all day. Glad I'm not grounded from that, but my power is dancing so epically. I object to that, definitely. I've only ever seen you do dances from Fortnite, and I don't think those quite qualify as dances. So I'm not sure that's a superpower, buddy. You can think what you want, but remember, there's still villains out there. Wait, if there's still villains out there, that means we need heroes. What are we going to do, creative director Gabe? Were you paying attention when I said that my room was a superhero base? Listeners, we need you to tell us of all the superheroes you know of. Then, they can join our base and stop all of these villains. Okay, I suppose if we're going to do this, we better have a plan. Let's ask our listeners to send us a message on social media. They can reach us on Twitter or Facebook at Just Us Weirdos, and they can get us on Instagram at Just Us Weirdos Podcast. I think if we're looking for heroes... It's important that they use a hashtag so that we can figure out which messages are about new heroes. So listeners, we're asking you to use the hashtag WeirdoPower. Tell us about your weirdest superpower. Make sure you add us and make sure you use hashtag WeirdoPower. And another thing from all of our listeners who have submitted something, guess what we're doing for them? We're going to put their names into a drawing and one lucky listener will get a free t-shirt. Wait, Gabe, you are not authorized to give away a free t-shirt. Are you going to pay for that? Oh, don't worry. I have your credit card in my base. Wait, you stole my credit card? I've been looking for that for five weeks. I did not steal your credit card. I was just borrowing it. So does that mean we're technically borrowing all the technology in your new superhero secret lair? We're borrowing nothing But the credit card. I think creative director Gabe and I need to have a talk about how credit cards work. But let's make this formal. Listeners, you can be entered into a drawing for a free t-shirt. To participate, you need to send us a message on Twitter or Facebook at Justice Weirdos or Instagram at Justice Weirdos Podcast. And it has to have the hashtag WeirdoPower. You can enter up to three times, once on each social network. And stay tuned to future episodes, because we may be announcing new hashtags for new chances to enter the drawing. In February, right before we premiere our season finale, we will pick the name of a listener and send them a coupon code to get a free t-shirt from our store. And maybe then Gabe will give me my credit card back. If you're lucky, let's just hope you don't figure out what else I borrowed. I guess he's not kidding when he says there are sure villains around. So, what are you going to do after all of this, huh? I think the only choice I have left is to say, the struggle is real, peeps.
Hey, you stole my catchphrase. I didn't steal your catchphrase. I just borrowed it. Anyway, thank you, dear listener. You already know how to find us on social media. Hopefully you already know how to subscribe to our show, but just in case, check us out at justusweirdos.com or look us up in any podcast directory. And if you enjoy the show, please do take the time to leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to hero Joe Carnwath, who wrote, performed, and produced our original theme music. Joe has a lot of new music out, so be sure to check him out on Spotify. The song you're listening to right now is Cinderella, used by permission from Love Hustler, who you can also find on Spotify. Additional music includes Zigzag by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Thanks for listening, and remember, be kind, be creative, and most of all, be weird. See you next week, weirdos. Recording that episode sure took a long time. I think I'm going to relax and listen to a new podcast. Hey, where's my phone? I hear it ringing in Gabe's room. Gabe? Gabe?